You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Wow. <laughs> I just wanted to go have another quiet time on that point right there. 
goodness. I mean, that's the level of faith we have. Listening to children's music just to purify the heart. And yet the Bible says that if you don't have a heart like a child, you can't really approach Jesus. Uh, we've got an incredible family, do we not? Yes. And yet that is awesome. But in the kingdom, in the church, in the Bible, the church is not only an incredible family. The church is an army. And I put before you, we need to be a new model army for the Lord. In the 1800s, British Prime Minister, you may uh, remember him, maybe not, his name was Benjamin Disraeli. He said this. So the world was never conquered by intrigue. It was conquered by faith. That's what he said. Way back then, I'm sure he believed that it was faith that put him in a position of leadership. I believe Christians are in a position of leadership. And you're put there by faith. I pray you believe it. Yeah. He also said, action may not always bring you happiness. But there is no happiness without action. There is no happiness if you do not do something. If you don't, there we say, take the city. Of course, this has to do with our perception of where things are at. And I believe when you change your perception, it's because you change the value of that which you perceive. So when you change your perception of God, you change your value of God, you can change your perception of God. When the value of God is high, your perception of God is high. But when the value of God begins to be low, your perception of God can begin to be low. And I want to persuade you today to, to value God, to value the Word of God, to value being called a Christian, to value being called a disciple. And this is important because this is where the Israelites were not at. They lost their value of God. They lost their perception of God. Their perception of God went down. Their they stopped valuing God, so the perception of God went down. And uh, it, it was a tough time for them. Uh, Forty years after crossing the Red Sea, God brings them to the point here with Joshua where they get ready to cross the Jordan and go into, there we say, the Promised Land. And uh, what was challenging about these guys is they were super, super, super. The disciples, the Israelites are very critical. If you look at the leadership of Moses, he was always having to correct them on what? Arguing and grumbling and complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know that doesn't sound like London. No, oh, no, no, no. no. I know this is the most positive city on the face of the earth. You've got no one is critical, no one complains, no one's looking, you know, no one has any strange, quiet relations. That is not London. <laughs> Um, yet, despite their rebellion, despite their negativity, their criticism, in all of their wandering, despite all of it, God doesn't give up on them. Yeah. Isn't it awesome to know that God doesn't give up on you? Yes. Even when you've given up on God, God doesn't give up on you. Yeah. Isn't it amazing to know that God, 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 even when you're not really with God, God still wants to be with you. Yes. What's so powerful about God is God is love. Yeah. That means it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian today or not. God loves you. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, yeah. does God love you? He loves you. Yeah. If you've been critical of God, God loves you. If you've been negative about God, God loves you. That's not what we're talking about today. Yeah. God loves you. His love is unconditional. But the question is, do you love God? Because although his love is conditional, a relationship with him is very conditional. Yeah. And if you don't love God, he has no relationship with you. And the Israelites were really beginning 
to struggle. Before we look at Joshua, look at Deuteronomy chapter 34. Check this out. Just a page on over. It says in verse 5, at the end of the text, right before Moses dies, it says, And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. They buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite of the Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where the grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. You know, when your eyes become weak in the Bible, it means your faith becomes weak. What you begin to see, because yet it says even when he got old, his eyes did not become weak. His faith did not become weak, even though he got old. You know, sometimes we think, oh, that's the, the young people are supposed to have faith. I'm an old guy. I mean, I've been around a long time. I'm old. I mean, I'm, I'm as old as Rob Williamson right there. Oh, oh, I've been around. My eyes are growing weak right here. And yet Moses, the Bible said, and Rob knows I love him to death. But Moses says, uh, the Bible says that Moses, his eyes didn't grow weak, and yet Eli, if you look at the Old Testament, Eli's eyes didn't grow weak. For yes. Samuel. His faith got weaker the older he got. Moses did not happen, so this is very encouraging. You can be old and have a lot of faith. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says, uh, the Israelites, uh, in verse 8, he says, the Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. So this is very intense. They, they, they mourned for Moses for 30 days. They're like, man, Moses is gone. They grieved and they mourned, not one day, not two days, 30 days. You know, Sometimes in life, this is going to be real deep right here. Uh -oh. Things die. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Things wow. die. Yeah. Right? And when they die, guess what happens? They're dead. Wow. Isn't that deep? Yeah. They're dead. Yeah. When they die, they're dead. Yeah. Now let's get deep. When God allows something to die, it's dead. When God allows something to die, it's dead. Now here's where we can get in trouble. We want to keep alive what God has killed. We want to keep it alive. And yet if you become a Christian, the old you is dead. Yeah. And for me, I always have to worry about wanting to dig up the old Michael <laughs> so that he can be alive. The old worldly, cynical, critical, selfish person who would not be standing before you today. Because who cares about people? Who cares about Christianity? Look at all the negative examples. You know, that, that's who I was. And yet when God allows something to die, it is dead. Something cannot live unless you feed it. I love that principle because the only way laziness can live is by feeding it. The only way sin can live is by feeding it. The only way criticism can live in London is by feeding into it. The only way negative thinking can live is because you feed into it, and yet God says Moses is dead, and we're going to talk about some things that need to die today, that God has killed, and dare we say, we should not try and resurrect those things. If God has allowed it to pass away, it's for a reason. Now, the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years. Uh, and when you wander around, it can change your perspective as a Christian. <laughs> it changed, I believe, Moses' uh, I, I think it, it, it actually affected Joshua's perspective as we get ready to dig into the text. But it also affected the Israelites. It affected the Christians. Now, as, this is very intense. Estimates say that there are at least 1,200,000 people in Israel uh, over the age of 20 at the beginning of the wilderness wandering, when they started wandering in the wilderness. 600,000 men, or warriors, or, or fighting men, 
uh, and that's just the guys alone. Uh, there were just over 14,000 days during which all of them wandered, if you, you, you break it down by day. So, with all those people who died in the desert, with everyone who died in the desert, that's an average of a little more than 85 people dying every single day. 85 Israelites dying a day. If you allow 12 hours maximum for, yeah, I guess, funerals and everything like that, uh, that's literally like seven funerals an hour. Wow. Wow. Including over 40 years. That's a lot of people that die. Look at Numbers chapter thir uh, 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 32. I just got to share some scriptures here. We got Bible study today, guys. Numbers chapter 32. We are a Bible church. It's really sad when that's a radical thing nowadays. It's really sad when oh, we're a Bible church. Really? Wow, you guys go about the Bible? Yes, we actually do. It says in Numbers chapter 32, verse 13. Well, pick it up verse 11. It says, um, it says, because they had not followed me wholeheartedly, not one of them, but man, 20 years or old or more, who came up out of Egypt will see the land I promised unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not one of them except Caleb, son of Jephna, the Kesanite, and Joshua, who we're going to look at, son of Nun. For they followed the Lord wholeheartedly, and the church said, you know, other translations say God was angry with them while they, they wandered. And so what do, you, what do you learn from this? You learn that Joshua watched all these people die. He watched them lose their value in God. He watched people's perception of God go down. And that can really affect you. When you just see people, I mean, I, I don't know what it would be like to be a, see, a, seven, you know, a funeral every seven, seven hours. You know, every seven hours. Now, if you look at it, you think about that technically, you know, people die every two seconds, right? Someone dies, they say, every two seconds someone passes away. And that's without having a relationship with God. How much more so people that do have a relationship with God? Could you imagine seeing a fall away every seven hours? Can you imagine every day for 40 years? Where the only two that are left that have not lost their perception of God, that have not lost their value of God, there's only two people left. Wow. It's only Joshua, only Caleb. I mean, how would your faith be? Yeah. If you saw over a million Christians faithful, and then all of a sudden, you're the only two left. Mm. Wow. What would your perception of God be then? Huh. <laughs> would it be lower because you follow the crowds? And that's a lot of people. <laughs> or would you still be a faithful I'm so encouraged to be serving in the ministry, serving you, uh, being, a, being a disciple. After seeing what happened in our former fellowship, seeing a fellowship of 200,000 disciples uh, literally be dwindled down and whittled down to roughly, uh, arguably, only 25 disciples in 2003. And from those 25 disciples, we now have 7,500 disciples all over the place. I'm honored to serve with you with the other spy. I, 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 I would put myself as one of those spies that was just holding me on to my faith. I'm serving you faithfully with my other spy, Michelle Williamson, right there. And, uh, you know, last night was very intense. One of the leaders that inspired me was on Facebook. 
And uh, he's lost his faith. He's fallen away. And sadly, there were some things that he was saying online that were just terrible. And I went, wow, this was a guy who led hundreds of people, thousands of people in San Francisco. And everyone was commenting on his negative comment. There was some impurity there. A man who's lost his faith. And I just thought about, about, about kind of being down on him a little bit. But what's wrong with you? But then I thought, you know what, man, I still believe him. And so I just messaged him. I said, brother, I still know you believe in the Lord. I believe in you. Come, Come back for a rematch. Yeah. I love wow. you. Sid. And I, I could tell inside it, it you know, it just, you, you, you saw, you know, I didn't tell when someone's typing. <laughs> like, you're watching the typing going, you know, we're supposed to coach And you're waiting for the message right there, and the typing's going, then it goes quiet. And then the typing comes in again, then it goes quiet. And then there's nothing for a while. And then finally, like, you know, it's like my I'm probably the only person that truly said I still believe in. Oh, wow. I go, wow, we still have to believe in those who fall. Yeah. We can't let it change our perception. We can't let it change our value in God. You know, it's so great at the Friday night campus devotion. We had a young man baptized years ago. His mother was angry that he became a Christian. Can you imagine? He becomes a Christian. His mother was angry with him. And sadly, she was so angry with him, she persuaded him not to live the Christian life. And he fell away right after he was baptized. Well, last uh, Friday night, he came back. Uh, he says, you know what? Although there were some bad things that happened to my physical family, I'm coming back for a rematch. Uh, I'm not changing my perception of God. I want to be a disciple again. Yeah. Same as Kyro, be praying for him right there. And, uh, and so we, we, I, I, want you to, I, I don't want your perception of God to change. That yeah. happens sometimes. Yeah. You see people walk away from God. Yeah. And so now you question God. You see people criticize God. So now you get something to their criticism. You know, and yet Joshua was special. To see all of that faithlessness and to have faith in the midst of a faithless situation and to be called to be the man to take the city. If you're here today, you've been called to be someone to take the city of London back. Take it back for God. Take it back for humanity. Joshua chapter 1. You guys with me here? Yeah. Point number one, Moses is dead. <laughs> Check this out. It says, after the death of Moses. See, Moses died. There it is. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses a Moses, my servant, is dead. <laughs> he had to tell Joshua that Moses was dead. Why? Because when Moses went up on Mount Nebo to pray before he died, he prayed, God showed him the promised land, did not let him go into the promised land because he had done some things that were dishonest, or not dishonest, but uh, disobedient in the eyes of God. And so as he looks into the promised land, God says, no, you're not going in. Uh, and he's up there praying, and he's banging God. And, you know, Moses was someone who talked to God face to face. Yeah. He had that connection with God right there. And as he's up there praying, he's up there, and then he just, he, he dies. He dies on the mountain. And everybody's at the bottom of the mountain because if you know the Old Testament, you could not really go up to see God. Only Moses could go up. And so they're at the bottom of the mountain. They're waiting for Moses for a while. It's kind of like sometimes you wait for the blue and you're like, okay, what's going on in there? But they're waiting for Moses. He's up there and, and, and God's, oh, Moses is dead. Oh, no. The leader has died on the mountain. And, uh, and this is, I mean, it, it, it's only a comical scene if you stand and you're waiting for your leader and then he, he died. And you're like, oh, what do you do? So that's the scene here. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, 
you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot. Since I'll give you the city. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon, the great river, Euphrates, all the Hittite country, the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. You'll lead these people to inherit the land. I swear to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law. My servant Moses gave you. He says, be careful to obey the Bible. He says, don't turn from it to the right or to the left. He says, it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal. Just follow the word of God. <laughs> he says, that you may be successful wherever you go. He links following the word of God with success. He links not following the word of God with a lack of success. He says that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. He says you're only really following it when you're speaking it. When he's talking about meditation, the Hebrew word is not talking about just sitting there and kind of going like this and trying to purify our hearts like Frankie did by listening to Christian kids music. <laughs> no, that's awesome, but he is actually talking about speaking it. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Don't, don't stop sharing your faith. <laughs> he says, meditate on it day and night, so you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you. And the church said, Amen. Isn't this an incredible passage of scripture? Yeah. In the book of battles, Joshua is a book of battles. Right? Christianity is, is, is a bunch of battles. Life is about newsflash. Life is a battlefield. Yeah. You battle. You battle the ups, you battle the downs, you battle the negative, you battle the positive. Sometimes you have to battle how you feel after victory. Yeah. You get frightful. You have victory and you think you don't need God anymore. Yeah. And that's the worst battle. Right? Because it wasn't your victory, it was God. Yeah. You know, last year I thought when we're victorious, yeah, I'm doing something great. No, that's just a great chance for God to show up in the church. Yeah. It's all about God showing up in his glory, his grace. Anything we do is not because we are awesome, it's because God is showing himself in our fellowship. We ought to be awesome, or we ought to be uh, encouraged by that. Yeah. And I, I, I said, i got to change my, my perspective this year. But I love this because he says, Moses is dead. And then he tells him to be strong. And courageous. And uh, there's, there's a lot here. Um, there's a lot here. First of all, I love it. He says, be strong. Look at this verse here. It says, be strong and courageous. Um, and he says, have I not commanded you? And I, that, that made me, I, I kind of pondered that. It says, be strong and courageous. But then in verse 3, he says, I'll give you every place where you save your foot, as I promised Moses. So he'd already given them the land. I was like, well, they already given the land. The victory is already theirs. How come they couldn't be weak and cynical? <laughs> we already got the victory. Why do we got to be strong and courageous if we already have the victory? Are, are you with me here? Yeah. yeah. Tell us. God's sovereignty has nothing to do with human responsibility. God's sovereignty and human responsibility are two different things. Under God's sovereign hand, they had the victory. But human responsibility says we got to go take the city. So you can't separate the two. Although God has given us London, we actually got to go take it. Mm, yeah. We can't be weak and cynical. We have to be strong, and we have to be courageous. Faith without deeds is 
dead. And in the same way that Joshua is kind of commissioned to evangelize all of Canaan, it's just like the, the Great Commission of Jesus calling us to evangelize all of the world. So maybe this is kind of like uh, as the Israelites came out of the Exodus, kind of a Brexodus right there. Yeah, there we go. I had to find something there. Brexodus. Cross the Jordan and get all of Europe. You know, German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche said this. He, he said this. And he, he really meant it. He said, God is dead. Do you believe that? No. I guess you do. No. I guess you do. I pray you don't. No. He said, he said God is dead. And he also, and here's the scary thing, he said it in his collection in 1882 in his, uh, uh, his writing called The Gay Science. I don't know if you guys know that. That's where he said it. Who else said God is dead? Karl Marx said that. He said, religion is the opening of the people. Religion is just a narcotic to dull the sensibilities of the people to their pains and to their sufferings of the world. God is dead. Sigmund Freud said this, religion is just an illusion. A self-perpetuating Self-perpetuating illusion. God is dead. What's the truth? Yeah, uh, yeah Nietzsche's dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Freud is dead. Yes. Marx is dead. Yes. But God's alive. Yes. Yes. God is alive. Our God is alive. Yes. Are you here? Yes. You say this out, it's so powerful. Moses was given what? He was given the law. Right. He was given the Ten Commandments. He was given the law. Right? The Israelites had to follow the law. But the law had to go away. And then something else had to take its place. And so when you look at Moses dying and Joshua living, Joshua, you know what Joshua means? His name means the Lord of salvation. So the Israelites had to move from the law to salvation. They had to move from Moses to Joshua. And so it, this wasn't just Moses dying in a physical sense while the leader died. No. What God is telling us is we need to not just be led by the law. Because the law was only a temporary servant. Yeah. Moses was only a temporary servant. Yeah. And I really believe last year we had a lot of brothers and sisters that were still under Moses' leadership. You're led by the law. You know what the law is, right? Mm -hmm. It's there for the lawbreakers and it means you just got to do it. Right? That's the Old Testament, the law. You know, oh, the Bible says it. You just got, so got to come on Sunday. You have to do it. Let about, there's no joy in going by the law. There's, no, there's no, no excitement in going by the law. It's just duty. I have to do this. Led by the law. The law says it. I have to do it. I'm here. It is. No heart, no love. No inspiration. Can you imagine being married by the law? Oh, oh no. We are legally married. I have to go home. I have to eat. Hi, dear. How are you? You look great today. You know what I mean? The world says marriage is a free ring circus. You get a uh, uh, wedding ring, engagement ring, and a supper ring. That's because they don't have God in their life. It's not under God's covenant. That's the reason why it's suffering. Right? When you're under the law, you're suffering. You're not fired up. And that's the reason why Moses has to die. 
this year in your life, I want to challenge you, Moses has to die. You cannot be under the law. You cannot be someone who just does it because the law says so. Are you with me here? Yeah. In Galatians 3, it says the law must pass away. Yeah. The law is only a temporary servant. If you're led by the law, that could save you're only a temporary disciple. Wow. That's what happened to the Israelites that died. They were just temporary. God says, we've got to do it. So I guess we've got to do it. No joy. Mm. Zero joy. Yeah. Zero joy. And we know that what, where joy comes from. It comes from seeking God. Yeah. If you're seeking the law, you will not be fired up by your Christian. But if you're seeking God and you value God, your perspective of God will not come down. It will continue to be high. You'll value him, and you can move on to being led by Joshua. Led by Jesus. Are you with me right here? Moses is dead. I want you to say it with me. Moses is dead. I want you to say it. Moses is dead. If you're visiting for the first time, don't you say, oh, I came because of the law. I had to come. The law says, go church. law says, don't do this. No, 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 no. In 2019, Moses is dead. If we're going to take this city, we've got to be individuals that are led under the forceful hand of Joshua, Jesus, which is all about salvation, all about love. We cannot be a group, but i got to do it because of the law. No. In this year, Moses is dead. Moses is dead. Put him to death. Decide that those long, hard, challenging <laughs> days of just trying to be under the law, which is oppressive, those days are done. Moses is dead. Don't be a temporary servant. Allow yourself to be led by Joshua. Let him live. Now, we know in the church one of the things we would love to do. We want to conquer all of Europe. Yeah. We, we want everyone to become Christians. Yeah. How are we going to do that? We're going to have to sacrifice. For those that increase their pledge to the call that we call, you deserve a round of applause. <laughs> to those that know you can and have not, I want to challenge you. Why haven't you increased? Did you only increase because of the law? Or did you do it because you really love London? You really love Europe? You really love Germany? You really love Denmark. You really love France. Yes. You really love all. You really love Holland. Yes. You want God there. Yeah. You you go. You know what? Let me not despise small beginnings. God begins everything small. He started the whole world with only two people. Yeah. Right. And some of us, just to be honest with you, we are a family and an army. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. Some of us did, just did not sacrifice. We did not sacrifice. The call was 25 pounds a week for the marriage, 25 pounds for the, for the singles, 10 pounds for the campus. That's like two or three Starbucks coffees. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know the Israelites wanted to kill Moses Woo. for calling them to, to be committed? Yeah. <laughs> they did. You go say it out the Old Testament. Yeah. You, you go back to Exodus. They wanted to kill him. Yeah. They didn't want to go back to Egypt wow. because yeah. he was calling them to be committed. They're like, we'd, I'd rather go back to the world than to get 25 pounds more a week. Now, sadly, money is attached to the heart. Now, you have all the false teaching preachers out there that teach you that, uh, hey, you know, prosperity gospel, you become a Christian, you're going to get yeah. a million pounds. Listen, I'm, I'm, this is not, you, you're not listening to one of those preachers today. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm very rich in Christ. That's about it. 
I've got, I'm on really well to do. I've got a nice car. It's called a pair of, uh, you know, Charles Schwinn charity shop shoes. Hey, hey, All right, bus number 38, bus number 168. That's, that's my limousine. That's my car. That's my Easter. Uh, I want to challenge you guys. Uh, with the pledge increase, don't don't be led by the law. Don't do it just because you have to. Yeah. Surface and find out if you really love this city. Yeah. Surface and find out if you really love Europe. Surface and find out if you really love the yeah. Lord. Be led by Jesus. Be led by Joshua. Let this be a, a grace-motivated giving mm -hmm. yeah. so that we can take this city. Moses is dead. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Number two, servants are successful when they're selfless. Servants are successful when they are selfless. We decide to be selfless, we will, we will be successful. Um, Joshua gets the nod of leadership because he served Moses. God calls people into leadership after they have been successful serving other leaders. God calls people into leadership only after they've been successful serving other people. You know, if you're trying to help someone become a disciple, but you're not really a great disciple to the person that disciples you, it may be the reason why you're having a hard time making a disciple. Because <laughs> you're having a hard time being led. And if you can't be led, you can't lead others. Yeah. Servants are successful when they're selfless. Um, I love this. In chapter 1, he tells them to meditate on it night and day. Right? Meditate on the word of God. He says here. He says, don't depart. He says, meditate on it night and day. And I thought about that. What is it when you turn from the word of God? You're, you're turning from God. Right? When you turn to your emotions yeah. versus the scriptures, yeah. you're, turning, you're turning from God. Yeah. When you turn to any kind of rational wisdom that leads you away from God, you're turning from God. Mm. When you turn to any kind of experience that pushes you away from God, you're turning from God. He says meditate on the word of God, not meditate on your experience. Amen. Mm. Not meditate on what you see yourself as. Mm -hmm. Not meditate on how other people see you. Meditate on the word of God, dear. Yeah. Don't, can you imagine if in 2019 we started saying, hey, no, I didn't have a bad quiet time. I turned from God yesterday. Wow. I want to persuade you to say, you know what? I had an awesome time with the Lord. I was meditating day and night. I turned to God every day this week. Wow. And he met my needs. And when you don't, you go, you know what? I turn from God. Doesn't that sound different than I, I miss the quiet time? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds completely different. Oh, I miss the quiet time. It almost is like, oh, it's okay. Oh, let me give you a hug for turning from God. Oh, bro. You're amazing. Oh, come on. Get up. Come on. Come on. See me? But I, I, I go, man, when you don't have a good quiet time, you're returning from God. And when you turn from God, you stop being a servant. When you stop being a servant, you're being selfish, not selfless. And when you stop being servants, you stop being selfish, you won't be successful. I mean, that's what he says right here. He says in verse 7, be strong and courageous, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you, not turning from the right or to the left. He says, don't turn from God, that you may be successful. Wow. Look at Joshua chapter 19. Let's go to the end of the text here. Let me show you something that's really cool. Oh, Joshua chapter 19. Verse 49. It says, when he had finished dividing the land into its allotted portions, the Israelites gave Joshua, son of Nun, an inheritance among them. Turn back to chapter 1. <laughs> Say, well, what's the lesson there? 
Joshua was commissioned to go and take the promised land and divide up the land. He did it. Remember, he won 31 battles, only lost one, and that was because of unconfessed sin. But he went back for a rematch, and he got that battle won. Amen. Amen. Right here we find that Joshua, after taking the promised land and being successful, they crossed the Jordan. We skipped a bunch of chapters. I don't know if you caught that right there. <laughs> yeah. But after winning all those battles, it's him who takes his portion last. Everybody else got their part of the land. And after everybody else got theirs, Joshua got his at the end. Why? Because servants are successful when they're selfless. Joshua took his share of land last. How are we going to take this city? By being selfless. How are we going to take London? By being selfless. How are we going to help people get inspired by God? By being selfless in our inspiration. How are we going to help individuals in London? You know you live in the most lonely... Statistics say, and this is, yeah. you, can, you can Google it, the, lo the most lonely city in the entire world mm -hmm. is London, England. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That you live in a city where people just are lonely. Yeah. yeah, I had a great Bible study with the gentleman last night, and we spent probably an hour and 15 minutes just talking. We didn't get to the Bible study. And I said, yeah, we're going to do a Bible study. He goes, well, you know this and all that. And before you know it, one of the brothers looked at me. He just kind of looked over at me. And he was kind of, he's like, okay, he's going to talk for a few minutes. And we let him talk. And then a few minutes, more a few minutes, and more a few minutes, and more a few minutes. And after about 45 minutes. But then, I, and then because I know this brother very well, I could tell he was struggling. And he started doing this here while we were in the Bible study. <laughs> and he was, you know, he started kind of that, you know, that that uncomfortable movement when you're in the movement, you know, like, and you're kind of like this, and, kind of, and then he, you know, and, and he's going, he's moving like this, and, like, and it's, the steam's coming out, he's getting out, and he's kind of struggling, we've been here for an hour having to listen, and I'm not going to embarrass Paul Busari on this story that I told them, off, right, good, bad, evil, everything that said I was a victim, everything, all the bad things everyone else did against me that gave me the reason for my bitterness, all those things. I, I so am grateful to God. He chose people that were so selfless with me. I studied the Bible seven different times. I counted the cost seven different times. I never, I, I will never forget. One time I was in so much sin. I didn't want to break up my girlfriend. We were in an immoral relationship. We were totally sleeping together. It was terrible. They told me, you've got to be pure, Michael. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just could not get out. I was, just, I was enslaved to my impurity. Enslaved to, I was, a, you know how slave is. They, they do what the slave master says. Yeah. yeah. Impurity says, do this. And that's what I did. So I just could not break up the relationship. I'll never forget that they came one time. They came to the window of my, my apartment. They had little rocks. I think they were throwing rocks. They were throwing rocks and hitting my window. Now, these rocks sounded like boulders. I mean, they were little small pebbles, because you don't want to break the window. They were just throwing these pebbles up there. They go, tink, tink. But to me, 
and they would call my name. Michael, but to me it sounded like this. Go, 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 go. Ow, 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 ow. Do, 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 do. R, 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 R. And, and, and. Same, 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 same. Same, same, same. But even after moments like that, still didn't become a Christian. Didn't repent. And they just were sat in there with me. They talked to me. They said, oh, poor baby, you've been bullied. Oh, OK, where is it? Let me show you the description. I mean, they just went, they just went through my entire life. Wow. And I will live my life. I will die going after it. Some of those men have fallen from God. But I will, I will, I will not. I will die. I, you will have to, I will have to die before I stop reaching out to the men who reached out to me. Come on. Because of how selfless they were. We're not going to take London if we don't become selfless. We've got to be a church where we are selfless. Where it's not about being free. We really want to love people. We live in the most loveless city. London, England is without love. And God's called us to love this city so that we can take this city. We're going to be just like God.
God's big enough for it. What is your battle? I got a lot of battles. Don't worry. I got a lot. Of I battle pride every day. I, I, I battle. I even I even battle discouragement. This week I was super. I don't know what happened. Everything was awesome. We had a great night. I woke up in the morning discouraged. Wow. You know. Gotta read the Bible. Gotta go by the law. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. I said, what is wrong with you? Moses is dead, Michael. <laughs> Go pray to God. Look at God. I look at God. Have a quiet time. Read, read the scripture. You're turning from God, but the discouragement is a decision. You're turning from God. So I, I got my head in the game. I had a great prayer. I had a great Bible study, and, and I got excited. It was, it was incredible. It was incredible. Prayer. prayer is a weapon. Yeah. 
Yeah. Prayer can get outside of time, space, and matter. Yeah. The Bible says in Joshua 10 that Joshua's prayer stopped the, the sun. Wow. Stop the sun. Yeah. Your prayers can can get outside of natural norm. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that encourages me. Yeah. Right? That, wow, my prayer can do something out of this universe and God can do something special. That's probably why I got married to Michelle. Part of all those prayers that got up to God, he was like, no way, you're not going to get it. <laughs> 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 the elbow, the angel. <laughs> one angel goes, come on, boy. He goes, all right. <laughs> Michelle goes, okay, all right, I do. Yeah. <laughs> we got married right there, and I'm still, we're still in there right now. Um, but when I think about it, I go, be strong and gracious. And I thought about that. Okay, that's great. Okay, God, you want me to be strong and gracious? Be like Joshua. What if I'm weak? I've got the weapon. And you think about the military. Can you imagine being given a really eight, a heavy AK-47 and you can't even pick it up? You know why you can't pick it up? You're not even strong enough to pick up the weapon. You've got to get strong before you can even pick up the weapon. They do not give you a weapon and just go, hey, you signed up for the military? Go ahead. Head up, head. Advance the hill. No, they train you. You go through boot camp. You go through physical training. So yes. you physically can hold it. Yes. Then once you're strong enough, once you get strong enough, then they give you the weapon. Yeah. I think some of us last year tried to fight the battle without getting strong enough. Mm -hmm. Without really getting strong. And where does our strength come from? It comes from the Lord. Mm -hmm. You say, I'm weak. I'm weak spiritually. I'm weak in this area. You want me to tell you the solution for weakness? You want to know how to get strong? Who wants to get strong? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to read you one scripture and tell you exactly how to get strong. All right. Okay. First Chronicles chapter 16. All right. You're going to be able to leave here today going, wow, I know exactly how I got to get strong. First Chronicles chapter 16. They say the book of Joshua is kind of an Old Testament version of Ephesians. And we know what Ephesians says in chapter 6 about putting on the full armor of God. Yes. Uh, but in First Chronicles, uh, chapter, oh, I'm sorry, not First Chronicles, actually Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Come on, Maria. <laughs> See, Maria's already with me. Yeah. You know, and the leaders, I'm going to be talking about rhythm. All right? I'm going to be talking about a little bit about rhythm. Right? Maria's got my rhythm. Right? You need God's rhythm. Yeah. God is a God of rhythm. Let me hear a little pre, little pre, pre. He's okay. a rhythmic God, Ooh, sir. He's got beat. He's a God of rhythm. And if you're not following God's rhythm, you are off beat. Uh -huh. You know, the leader has a rhythm, and if you're not following his rhythm, you may be with him, but you're just not on his rhythm. Ooh. You're not on the same rhythm. You gotta follow. You gotta follow. Anyway, there's that. Okay, chapter uh, sixteen. Chapter sixteen. Second Chronicles. <laughs> He says this in verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are what? Fully committed to him. How do you get strong? How do you get strong? Get committed. Get committed to the word of God. If you decide today, I'm going to get committed to the word of God, you will get stronger spiritually. If you decide today, I'm going to get committed to the kingdom of God. I'm not going to treat the kingdom of God like uh, a law. I've got to come to Bible talk. I've got to come here. No, I need to come here. I need yes. the kingdom. I love the kingdom. 
I'm going to get more committed to the kingdom of God than anything else. You decide to get committed. If you come for the first time and you decide to get committed to studying the Bible, find out who God is, not what the television says, not what the media says, not what some book is written. Go to the source. Go to the word of God and find out. Get committed to God. You'll get stronger. If you decide today to get committed to discipling, meaning discipleship is someone holding you accountable to the word of God. You get committed to it, you will get stronger. You decide to get, oh, it wasn't, no amen on that one. We got to, maybe that's where we need to get stronger. I need to get committed in discipling. When someone gets in there with the word of God and disciples you and it helps you get committed. This is the reason why I love Luke Snow. Luke loves discipling. I mean, he just, he comes to me sometimes, like, how you doing, Luke? He's like, <laughs> I mean, he's just, he just like, I'm like, no, bro, I just want to give you a hug. Like, sure you, don't, you ain't got something for me? Disciple me on something? No, bro, good. Good. See, I mean, we keep hanging out here. I mean, maybe there's something, but it's not. I mean, I just, I'm ready to go. I want to, you want to tell me something? I mean, anything else that would be different? I mean, a little bit emotional, but you want to disciple me? I mean, what if we all were like that? Yeah. But some of us are actually the opposite. Um, Stop discipling. You don't understand me. You don't know me. You don't feel what I feel. I know somebody who knows you. I know somebody who feels what you feel. I know someone who knows you better than you. It's called God. Yeah. <laughs> and so if I'm calling you to do something, it's not me. It's actually God. Because God loves you. Yeah. If we're going to take this city, all we have to do is to decide today to get fully committed. Amen. Now, you got a chance. You may have lost the battle of upping your contribution. You may have lost it. We know why Joshua lost the battle, right? Unconfessed mm-hmm. sin. Yeah. Yeah, right? And there's a lot of sins that can be unconfessed. Greed, criticism. Yeah. You can fill in the blank. You got Today, you can have a rematch. You can say, you know what? I don't have nothing. Please increase my place so we can see churches. But guess what? I'm going to work a few more hours. Guess what? I'm gonna do this. Guess what? I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna have an act of faith to help build the church. I'm gonna have a rematch. I'm gonna win that battle right there. Now, if you want a battle, amen. God be glory. But if not, hey, get more committed. This is what I've done. I've decided I'm getting way more committed to God, to the Word of God, to prayer. And because I get more committed, I will get more more strong. I'm not gonna get strong in me. I'm gonna get strong in God. We do that, we will take the city to God be all the glory. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H .org.uk And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.